Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the One Ministry Question Podcast. I'm your host, Don Atkins. Today, I am here with Daniel M. Hello, hello. Uh, and we're going to talk about calling today, which is an interesting subject. I'm I'm very interested to see if Daniel and I have the same point of view on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> So what's the question today? All right. How do you determine God's calling on your life as a minister? So should we start personal and then, and then go broad? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's do that. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, my, okay. So I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. Um, literally the, the, the couple of days after I was born, I was in church for the first time. And then I was like in there every Sunday, um, till maybe 15 or 16, I don't think I missed a Sunday of church somewhere. Um, like when we would go to Baptist conventions, because that's what we did for vacation. Uh, even there we would go to church. So, you know, I wanted my Sunday school bars, Daniel, they had these little, little bars. Um, my dad became a pastor when I was, uh, seven or eight. Um, and then shortly thereafter, like almost everybody, there's, 13 sons and grandsons that are last name Adkins. Well, um, most uh, are either Bivo in the church heavily or on staff. Um, mm. And so a lot of pastors, a lot, a lot, a lot of pastors up in there. So in some ways, you know, you could say I got it honest, but um, what happened for me was I did the typical preacher's kid thing and went nuts when I was in high school but then came back around in college. The next thing I knew I was supposedly the interim, uh, student and children's pastor in this inner city church. Uh, and then in Cincinnati and then, um, man, uh, thought I was going to do missions after I graduated college and, uh, went for processing and everything. And they, they kind of drug their feet in placing me. So while they did, I went to seminary, uh, and then decided, got really plugged into a church and thought, okay, this is where I'm, I'm supposed to be. So as far as the calling portion of that, I can't tell you that there was a specific moment in time where it was like, you're, you're supposed, you know, you, like I'm, I'm calling you out like a moment at camp or an event mm. or anything like that. It was just... As I was doing it, um, that call became more affirmed. Yeah. Um, but now I have slightly, um, I've been processing this for a while and believe it or not, yesterday, uh, I heard a conversation that really articulated well, uh, what I, what I think about calling and I'd never heard it put this way. And I'll share that after you share yours. (laughs) <laughs> right after this, right after we come back. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm fascinated to hear that because it sounds to me like it was this gradual thing that happened for you, right? That your life was going in one direction. You walked away from the Lord. And then when he brought you back, it kind of just, it kind of just you coming back to Jesus and then yes. you going into ministry was a bit one in the same. Would, would that be correct? Uh, I mean, no, no. Okay. Cause I come back in, in high school 
Um, my freshman and junior year of high school were like a lot of people's freshman and junior year of college. Mm. But then junior, senior year, I, you know, I kind of got my act together pretty much. And by the time I went to college, I was, I was solid, I guess again. And so, yeah, then, then it was that it's just obvious, you know, yeah, okay. this is okay. what I'm supposed that's to do. It, because that's how it felt to you that, that yeah, it was obvious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was obvious to me and it was, um, it was obvious to others mm-hmm. and there were, there was fruit there. Um, I was a philosophy and uh, speech double major. Mm. So um, I was planning on going to law school because if you want to crush the LSAT, you're a philosophy major. That's how you make sure you, you do that really well. And so that had been my uh, goal. And then, you know, then I was like, well, maybe it's denominational law. Mm. Uh, and then it was, what, what are you, what are you trying to do? <laughs> no, it's so yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For me, I had since elementary school wanted to be a doctor and was planning toward that got into sciences and university and, and even that there, it was my grade 12 year where I was preparing for that. It was the summer before grade 12, I believe. And, and actually it was that there was a moment where I, I wouldn't say it was an audible voice, but when I was sitting in church and listening to a message from the pastor, I had, yeah, there is sense I had, there was this sense that I got where it was worship pastor. And it, it was just, it was just kind of those two words. And for me, it, it felt like it came completely out of the blue because I, number one, never wanted to be a pastor. If you knew me the two years before that, you would have never thought I would ever be the person to be qualified <laughs> to be a pastor either. And there was all of that where it was just this complete left field thing. So from that point on, I was like, well, I have no idea what that means, but I have been learning the guitar and I was serving on the worship team and I had had thoughts about possibly leading worship. So that's actually what started me into a more formal role of leadership within my church in beginning to lead worship. And and actually that, but I still never, I, I kind of forgot the pastor part. I just kind of was like, oh, maybe that's how I was supposed to begin leading worship. And then went into university and it was the year, the first year after uh, the summer of my first, between my first and second year where I met Christina on a mission trip. And it was during that mission trip where my one prayer request was, Lord, uh, what, like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> it wasn't even a question about calling. It was, God, what am I supposed to do? And I, cause, cause I was sensing increasingly during that first year that I was, that possibly I was supposed to go into ministry, vocational, full-time ministry. And, but then I was in sciences and I'd always kind of, you know, I was going down that track. So I remember my discipler asked me the question, Hey, why do you want to be a doctor anyway? And it was a really simple question. And I honestly hadn't thought about it in a long time, probably back to grade five. And when he asked me that question, I responded, you know what? I don't know. (laughs) I actually, I don't remember. And then all of a sudden I remember back to grade five, fifth grade career and personal planning. One side of the sheet was occupation. The other side was salary. And my friend and I both put our finger down the salary column 
And he chose the one that made the most money, cardiologist. And I wasn't going to make less money than him. So I chose the one that made as much, which was a neurosurgeon. And believe it or not, that is why I wanted to be a doctor. Like that's the beginning point of where it all started. And when that came to mind, because I had completely forgotten that immediately, Matthew chapter seven, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says, are you going to build your house on the sand or the rock? That passage immediately popped up and I was like, okay, yeah, okay. I know what I'm supposed to do now. So that, that moment, I would say it, it probably happened. It was over the course of a couple of years of discernment. And even over the next year, I was still wrestling with it and through it, but that was kind of that moment I would say, okay, I was, I was solid on the fact that yes, God is calling me to full-time vocational ministry. There have been successive moments, even in coming back to Edmonton and coming here, discerning to leave Nashville and come here, that there was another sense of calling that I experienced right. too, but that was probably my first experience into it. So, so Todd, what, what I'm so curious, like we're back from our commercial break now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you hear yesterday? Uh, so Ben Mandrell was interviewing uh, Jimmy Draper. Okay. And, and president, um, current president and a former president of Lifeway. A former president who's now 86 years old. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the subject somehow came up of, of calling and, and all that because, you know, uh, Jimmy was a um, pastor before, or Dr. Draper, I should say. Dr. Draper was a pastor before he came to uh, Lifeway. And he, he said, I'd only had one math class ever. <laughs> like I didn't have any business background. I didn't have any, you know, this, that or the other. Um, but they were talking about, you know, coming out of the church and being a pastor into a role like leading a, you know, half billion dollar organization. And, um, just, you know, what that means from a responsibility standpoint, all that. But then you fast forward and he talks about what it's been like, you know, having been retired from that role Mm -hmm. for a long Mm -hmm. time. And, uh, he, he just went into, um, a, a, a really interesting conversation about how he said, you know, um, I wasn't called to be a pastor for my entire life. He's like, up until that point in time, you know, I thought I was, I thought, you know, you're called to be a pastor and you pastor until the day you die. Mm. And he's like, um, and what I came to learn and what I've come to learn, you know, greater still, uh, in my later years is that I'm called into a relationship with God. And as long as I stay close to him, he is going to let me know what I'm supposed to be doing at this particular Mm -hmm. point in time. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, 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 it's really interesting that you mentioned the calling piece as well, as far as being called to, to places. And I've, I've said this on, uh, the other podcast, five leadership questions a a number of times, like there've been times where I felt a clear sense of calling, you know, to uh, a place um, to serve and, and, and Lifeway in particular, it's, I've been called to stay because the, the calling to come here was just like, Oh, this is where I can do the most damage for the kingdom. Um, I am going to choose right now to work on the church versus in the church. 
mm. this season of my life. And I'll probably go back and, and work in the church at some point as well. But, um, but then, you know, uh, there have been, um, pushes and pulls, you know, um, potential opportunities and all that. And I've always felt a very clear and distinct calling, um, up to this point, um, to stay. And, mm. and so that's where I would say, uh, how calling has played out in my personal ministry. And when I look at, you know, if you look at what modern church is and the, the way that we have, um, you know, divvied up roles and I'm not going to go, uh, Piper because Piper would not agree probably with what I've just said. <laughs> I'm not going to say gentlemen, we are not professionals, but we have certainly done a great job of creating silos within the church, um, and, and very, um, specialized roles, especially in larger churches. So when you look at smaller churches, uh, the kind of churches I grew up in, if I can go back to, to, you know, the beginning where we, we talked about being, uh, called in true relationship with Christ. It was under the care of good and godly people in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky that were farmers and factory workers, but, um, they had a great relationship with God and he had called them to serve in our church and they faithfully served there. And to say that a, you know, a children's director who is a volunteer versus a children's director who's paid, or a pastor, frankly, who's bivocational or full-time or fill in the blank. We're not talking about a difference between junior varsity and varsity, but it often mm. feels that way. Yeah. Yep. So there may be a little bit of a chip on my shoulder that I have on behalf of those people. Because when I look back at my life, it's, it's a lot of those, it's the lay people, the lay leaders of the church, so to speak, uh, that really had the biggest difference on my life. It was those yeah, volunteers, yeah. um, in di different roles throughout my life. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to even compare and contrast our stories. Uh, cause, cause I mean, part of it is you, you would take, you know, take a look at it from that perspective, but also I'm just running through all the imperatives of that Jesus said in, you know, what, what, what commands, what, what did he call people to in the scriptures right and he said on the one hand matthew 11 28 to 30 you know come to me all you who are weary and heavy burden and i will give you rest right take up my yoke you know take my yoke upon you for i'm gentle and humble and hard and for you'll find rest for your souls right so so there's so there's that call to himself Right. And then and then you have the Matthew 28, 18 to 20 call of go and make disciples of all nations or the great commandment, you know, love the Lord, your God or Acts 1, 8. You know, you just kind of have all of these calls. And I think regardless and I love I love how you went here with every single person in the church, paid or unpaid, lay, you know, professional, whatever. Right. I mean, and all of us are called to him to to know god and be known by him fully and it's as we respond to the call that he has placed on every single one of our lives to know him to draw near to him and to psalm 37 4 delight yourself right delight yourself in him as we respond to that call it's then interesting to see how he then um shapes what we then do to earn a paycheck. So right. I, I would, I would 
stand firmly against the notion that some are called and some aren't. I believe all are called and every single person, whether you're Christian or not, you are, we're all called and Jesus is continuing to call us to himself, but in the journey of being called to himself and in the journey of living our lives as a living sacrifice, Romans 12 in the journey of that, and then you think Ephesians four and Romans oh, twelve I, and first Corinthians. I'm, I'm right? Ephesians fouring uh, over here waiting. Just oh, for sure. Wait. Like in all that, it's then okay. God is saying, okay, but I've uniquely gifted you. I've uniquely talented you. Here is now the role that I want you to play in the kingdom, or put you in the position that your role is. Uh, it's not even a higher level of the great commission or reproduction because we're all, again, we're all called to do that. Yeah. It is that Ephesians four. your, your role as a leader in the church is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so, man, um, yeah, uh, yes. And, <laughs> and again, this is not a professional, uh, role. This is a, a ministerial, um, calling and placement or positioning yeah, um, yeah. as much as anything else. So, yeah. anyway. so, so, so here's, so here's a word possibly to end this episode on the original question was how do you determine God's calling in your life as a minister? And over the last two years, I know that ministers the calling on the life of minister yes to everyone but i'm specifically talking to ministers here the calling on your life i recognize over these last two years has been challenged because you didn't get into pastoring to figure out health restrictions and and masking and vaccines and all the political polarization that's come in addition to all of that that's not why you that's that's not the part of the role this role that you love so so if you today are listening in and possibly you're listening in because you're like i don't know i don't know if i'm called anymore then what if what if perhaps the best thing that you can do is to just spend more time with jesus and get into his presence and as you do that allow jesus to draw you to himself and as he draws you to himself, you know, perhaps he's going to reaffirm the calling that you've received before, remind you of it, or perhaps he's going to call you to something else, but don't make any huge decisions without first spending time with Jesus. So we'll just leave you with that. Thank you for listening into today's episode. If you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do that. Uh, that way you'll be able to get every episode when it comes out. And we would be honored if you would share with a friend or post on social media about this episode, what it meant to you and to perhaps encourage the others in your life as well. Well, thanks again for listening in and we'll catch you next time.